Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports. Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Lauren Koval. Yuck, by definition, is something messy or disgusting. And I think that's a great definition to describe what we just watched. What's going on, everybody? Tyler Drake and Lauren Koval here for Cardinals Corner as the Arizona Cardinals have fallen 37-14 to to the Los Angeles Rams in Week 12. And like I said, there was a lot of yuck on that football field tonight. A lot of it. And there's not a lot of positives to take away from this game outside of really one drive. And that was the opening drive. Outside of that, just a lot of yuck. What do you think? Well, let's start with arguably the only positive from this Cardinals game, which is that opening drive. I immediately expected to see this sort of excitement for the rest of the game. This Mm -hmm. fast-paced offense that I don't think we'd yet seen with Kyler, Mm -hmm. where it might be no huddle. We're getting right to the line. We're making it happen. And that's what that first drive was, and it felt like a big momentum swing in the Cardinals' favor that they could really make something something happen. In the end, it resulted with a Kyler faking back to the running back, running it back in for a touchdown. And Trey McBride, once again, as his lead blocker outside there, did he end up having to set a block? No, Kyler cut inside, but he was there there and he had that option. (laughs) Yeah. So a great opening drive, like we just said, 12 plays, 73 yards. I mean, picked up seven first downs, resulted in the two yard run by Kyler Murray. And it Like you said, it was just kind of everything I think we've all been waiting for with Kyler Murray coming back third game. It wasn't so much everything out of the gun. It was a lot. It was about as balanced as we saw at the end of the at the end of the day and as balanced as it has been because he had five snaps under center, seven snaps out of the gun. What happens? They score on that first drive. What happens after that drive? A lot of bad. I I think they had four plays of at least 12 yards in that one drive alone. And then after that, three and out, three and out, four plays, three and out, three and out. Missed field goal at the, I mean, made field goal, but nullified field goal at the end of the first half. Just really bad. And I think the big thing that stuck out to me was they abandoned the under center looks. They were giving the defense a lot of different looks there in the first drive. After that, it was gun, 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 gun. Oh, let's do one under center. Gun, 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 gun. One under center. I think that's a great point because I was going to say it isn't anything the Rams defense did post that first drive that it really felt like shut the Cardinals down. Mm -hmm. It felt like the Cardinals did it to themselves. They saw what worked and they went, "Okay, we know that works. Let's try something else. And nothing after that worked. And during the game, they never went back to what was successful during that first drive. Yeah, there was there was no splits. Like we saw, it was just one of those games where you sit there and wonder what exactly was going, like what what kind of, I guess just what was offensive coordinator Drew Petzing seeing out there that made him go back and say, no, we got to run out of the shotgun more. And I know that there was some discussion about Kyler and his hand and heating pads and, you know, Gannon said he was all right. It didn't sound like that had anything to do with maybe switching to more gun, but you just can't go away from what's working, especially for this football team. You've got to really build off that. And as we saw when Dobbs was there, I mean, they loved, not loved it, but they ran under center a lot more and you could see the type of question marks it was giving a defense. When you're in the gun, more times than not, he's probably going to throw it. Just That's just what it seemed like in this game. And 
if we look at the stats, that's a lot of what happened because James Conner had a rough go of it. He only had six carries for 27 yards, which that's that can't happen, plain and simple. That really cannot happen. You have to have – you've got to get that run game established, especially with Conner. I mean, 14 carries and up should be his – threshold of what he needs Yeah, easily. Instead, they went and gave Michael Carter, who first game as a Cardinal, four carries, 19 yards, and Mario DiMercato, three carries, 15 yards. It just, in this kind of game, I think you got to give those carries to Connor. And they never showed a flexibility of plays. In that sense, I mean, not establishing your run game and not developing it further during the game forced Kyler to make plays under gun, under center, in more stressful situations. Mm -hmm. In the sense of, if you're not allowed to go, okay, it's third and four, and we've already established that James Conner's a great rusher in this game, let's hand it off to him, let's hand it off to Mm DiMercato. You don't have that set up, now you're forcing Kyler to make a play in third and three, third and four, that he might not want to make because you didn't set that up earlier in the game. Yeah, and... Speaking of Kyler, one carry for two yards. The, the touchdown was the only carry that he had. That's not going to... Kyler's got to run the ball. And you can set up designed runs. Yep. Exactly. You know that he's a runner. That is somewhere he feels comfortable, especially coming back from this ACL. There were questions about his comfort running the ball. He's proven in these past two games before this one that that's... It's fine. That's not a worry. Yeah. That's not a concern. So if maybe James Conner can't get things done for you or DiMercato can't get things done for you, let's open up the run game in a different way with Kyler Murray or maybe go back to the Cardinals offense's favorite target, Rondell Moore. Oh, yeah. Even. Yeah. Just not even carry. Yeah. Just different looks, different options. Yeah. All told, 15 carries, 73 yards, the one touchdown for Murray. I think this sums it up. This will give you guys a great example of just how rough the running game was on top of everything else. Connor had the longest run of the day, 14 yards. Guess who was second? Guess what the, the second longest run was and by who? You will not get it. I can promise you, unless your name is Lauren Colville. Blake Gillikin, the punter, had the second longest run of the day for the Cardinals, 10 yards on the fake punt. That was it. That's... That stat right there is not going to result in wins for a football team. If your punter's got the second longest with 10 yards. No. And I don't know why the Cardinals could not establish their run game. Because it wasn't like the Rams were shutting them down play after play after play. It felt like it didn't work a few times and they decided to abandon it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And... Run game was rough. Here's the passing stats. Kyler Murray, 27 for 45, 60% passing, 256 yards with the touchdown, was sacked four times for 37 yards. But, I mean, I'll tell you guys right now, garbage time touchdown. A lot of those yards came in the final two quarters. Outside of that opening drive, it was it was bad. I think the first half, Kyler had like 60-something yards, and 50 of that came in the first drive. That There's another reason why you don't win a football game and get blown out at home. You can't move down the field. Yeah. 
and you can't give your defense enough time to get off the field. Another good point, because the defense, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but they looked exhausted yep. out there. And it's because your offense is coming out there for maybe a minute, a minute and a half, can't scratch together a first down, and then you're forced to go back out there. And then your defense is giving up touchdowns because they're exhausted. Yep. Yep. Here we go. I believe it's 39 seconds that second drive. Minute 34, third drive. Minute 41, fourth drive. 27 seconds, fifth drive. 15 seconds, the last drive. Which brings us once again to the time In the of first pos- half. Which yeah. brings us again to the time of possession debate. The Cardinals have been losing the time of possession game all season long and especially these past few games it's it feels like it's gotten worse and even when it gets close it's only close because they're it's the garbage time i feel the end of the games is making it closer than what it really is i mean even this one rams had the ball for nearly 35 minutes cardinals just over 25 there's another one you ain't gonna win many games like that defense can't like even if you have a team full of J.J. Watts and Buddha Bakers and every single person that can play the best football for you, if you can't give them enough time to at least get a breath, they're not going to be 100% going out there the next time. And especially in that second quarter of just three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, I just, you're not going to win many football games. No, and as you said earlier, those the garbage time of the game, where basically it's decided that the Rams have won the game, and mm-hmm. it's the very end, and they're just trying to scratch something together to get to the end of the game. Kyler Murray's percentage there, I believe you said 60% yeah. on the game, yeah. is shocking to me. Yeah, because, you wouldn't have th- thought that. No, I, I guessed before we came in here, and I said about 40. Mm-hmm. Because that watching the game, it felt like accuracy once again was a major problem for Kyler Murray either overthrowing people underthrowing people yep. drastically so and that also feeds into that mm-hmm. time of possession debate yeah i mean the one the one touchdown pass to Trey McBride that could have been a touchdown he didn't it almost looked like he was throwing it to the defender and it was interesting because when they got into that red zone area in practice, I saw something that looked a lot like that play that Trey ended up catching. He faked a uh, celebration. It was all. It was pretty funny, but it almost looked just like that. But man, it's it's Kyler had to wait half a second more, and he probably gets him, or hit him half a second early, gets it before the defender. But it's just those types of things that just look off, and then we get into the guys just need to make a play, and the guy who I'm gonna refer to is Hollywood Brown. We've had this debate before, especially two weeks ago, where we said the Cardinals don't really have that playmaker. They don't really have a guy where when they need to get yards or they need to move down the field, they can go to him. In theory, that should be Hollywood. Mm -hmm. His connection with Kyler, his ability to sort of feed into that wide receiver one. His quickness. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. No. And it will have to be visited by the Cardinals at the end of the season. Yep. So we'll see what happens with him. But so far, what he's displayed, I assumed that there would be a great pickup in the amount of yards and attempts to him down the field yep. once Kyler returned. Yep. And we haven't seen that. Yep. I mean, this was by far his best game with Kyler so far this year. Six catches, 88 yards on 12 targets. But there's a couple plays there where it's, hey, 
Brown, you've got to go make a play. If you're the number one guy, you need to show you're the number one guy. Kyler Murray can't make every throw perfect. And yes, Kyler needs to take some blame for underthrowing passes, maybe throw overthrowing a couple times to, I think, maybe compensate a little bit. But it's just, and I think the big one we're all going to look at is kind of the jump ball early into the game where Hollywood looked like he was in position to make a play. And... If he's a taller wide receiver, a bigger wide receiver, is that an easier catch to make? Is it made? Is a, is if DeAndre Hopkins is in that situation, does he make that play? Obviously, that's a whole other can of worms that we don't need to get into, but that's the type of thing is when Kyler Murray or the Cardinals were in trouble in previous years, they had a guy like Hopkins, we're throwing it up, hops down there, he'll catch it. And I think what, for me, it just makes it more of a more of an emphasis of Michael Wilson is bigger for this offense than we think. Way bigger. His loss has been tough for this offense to, I think, put together a rhythm, find that groove, have that big receiver. And and obviously, they don't trust Zach Paschal enough to be that guy that can make those contested catches because we would have saw him in that role instead of Marquise Brown. So it's going to be very interesting moving forward to see how they go about this. And obviously, if we really want to get into it, a bigger receiver, I think, is needed. And once you get, I mean, 2-10, and ten, everybody's looking at the draft. Who's up there at the top? Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he's, what, 6'4"? There's a number one type wide receiver. Michael Wilson is number one, a, t- a number one type wide receiver if he can stay healthy. And that's a big if, because we've seen in college that he can't stay healthy, which sucks because he is a, a heck of an athlete. He has a problem with staying healthy, as you brought up, and he's had a problem staying healthy this year so far. He is a rookie, so I do expect some of that I don't want to say rust, but almost rust in from the transition from college yeah. to the NFL. It's like when you have to take that off, you get an NFL offseason after you're a rookie to really kind of build yourself up into the NFL. Like I can last the whole season now. Especially, uh, yeah, and especially with Kyler Murray only coming back a few games ago. Your franchise quarterback, which I will call him for now, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. finally out there, and you're not. And I'm interested to see a Drew Petzing offense with a healthy Cardinals offense. Yeah. I think your point, too, about needing a bigger wide receiver out there and is that Wilson's job? Yes. And I also think they haven't been able to find that in Trey McBride necessarily because they've been using him as a blocker on the outside as well, especially during plays where the defense is going for that sack and bringing pressure. We've seen him line up there on the outside or even on the touchdown run where Kyler ran it in. We've seen him run out there. So it'll be... Interesting to see once they're healthy what that looks like. I also think they should be looking at Marvin Harrison, but of course there's the debate. Now you thought the Texans were going to be worse than they are. Now they're not. So that draft pick isn't as high as you thought it was. Mm-hmm. And so who are you going to take with? I believe they now have the second overall pick in the draft only behind the Panthers pick that belongs to the Bears. You were. You must... No tankathon like the back of your hand, because that's exactly what it is. Let's just do a quick rundown, because I'm interested to see where Houston is after today's... Uh, they almost came back and and shocked a lot of people today against the Jags. Missed field goal. But they lost. That's all it Oh, took. yeah. Missed Crossbar doink. Yes. Not a double doink, as many people know. Less PTSD <laughs> for me. 
If everybody, you could hear that that deep uh, sigh right before you said that. Right before I spoke. If you couldn't hear it, was there Parky? was a deep sigh. Yeah, it was Cody mm, Parkey. Cody Parkey. Double doinker. Okay, yeah. So that's uh, that's the Chicago corner. That's another. Um, but yeah, Tankathon. So right now, like you said, Carolina, but it's owned by the Bears. First pick, Arizona, 2-10. They're number two. After that, it's New England at two and nine. The Bears at three and eight. Washington at four and eight. Giants at four and eight. Tampa Bay at four and seven. Jets and Tennessee at four and seven. Uh, Chargers, which I think are playing literally right now, they're four and six. Vegas at five and seven. New Orleans five and six. And then you get all the way down to seventeen, and you get to Houston. So it's still inside the top twenty. That's good. It can't go out of the teens. That'd be brutal. Obviously, I still think it's a win at the end of the day. Monty did his thing, but seeing it drop out of the twenties or dropping out of the teens, I should say, would be a would be a tough tough look after what I think a lot of us expected to be a top ten pick. Yes, and to bring it back to that wide receiver conversation we were having earlier, if you decide that you want to move on from Kyler Murray and you need to draft a quarterback in this draft with that pick that mm-hmm. currently is, is second. Yeah. You're not going to get Marvin Harrison unless you make no. a trade. Now the Cardinals have a lot of a draft picks. capital. That and they maybe could some move. players they could move. Exactly. But would you rather see the Cardinals then go after a established wide receiver on another team? Ooh. If they have to go the route of getting another quarterback, yeah. I think so, because then you you know what you've got. You've got a guy that can teach a rookie a little bit. I think that would be I think it's almost like the Hopkins situation. Brought Hopkins in, give a not rookie, but a fresh Kyler Murray, somebody that is that knows the game, ins and outs of everything, can do it, has shown he can do it, probably a Hall of Famer, like that that's the type of yeah I think that would be a good way to go about it because yeah you get those guys at a package deal and you see what can what they can do and we already know that the Cardinals enjoy drafting rookies mm-hmm. we know that they use them out on the field and we saw some of that today with their use of rookie cornerbacks God, you were I was thinking just the same thing you're right yeah today Marco Wilson gets the bench in place for Keytrail Clark to make his return to the defense. Wow. I did not see that one coming. I saw Marco, his snaps were declining. It was a matter of when, not if. But I didn't think Keytrail was going to go from, not, I don't think he saw, he hasn't seen a defensive snap since a week five, six, something like that. Now he starts alongside Starling Thomas and Garrett Williams, three rookies. I actually got to talk to Garrett Williams after the fact. He was uh, obviously pretty beat up about the loss but was like that was really cool just being able to look on one side or the other and see like the guys that I came into the league with so that was really cool obviously I think Keytrell he was productive I think there was some obviously some stuff that's got to get cleaned up on by everybody but Keytrell was oh he tied for the uh, team lead with uh, tackles with nine with Buda Baker so he was busy Jalen Thompson who was a surprise questionable entering the matchup with a back injury. He had uh, seven. Chris Barnes helping fill in for Kaiser White had seven. Josh Woods had five. Garrett Williams with five. Starling Thomas, who did exit and didn't return with an ankle injury, he had three. I don't even, I don't even see Marco Wilson on here. He didn't record a tackle. I think if he did most of his work, it was the special teams today. And I think that's a big sign. And not only that, one more with the running backs. 
Keontae Ingram, another inactive. Michael Carter got the got the nod instead of him. So the clearly it seems like those two guys are on the outs more than anything. Yeah, and I would have thought before the game that Keytrol Clark was also on the outs because the past few games he's been a healthy scratch mm-hmm. from the lineup. Um, it seems that there is some controversy happening in house there or something that it just it, what is it? That's the yes, thing. And we've exactly. asked weeks and weeks and weeks. We've asked what does he need to do, and he's and it's more about what other guys are doing, not him. But so, and I asked Gannon that even specifically too. Was this kind of building for Keytrail, or was did he really shock a lot of people this week? And uh, JG said it's been building, but the, two weeks ago he really took a big step. So this was, I think, them rewarding him for keeping his head down, making the proper adjustments, and and putting the best foot forward. Really, uh, I like here's the game logs for him. Started the first four weeks, played a ton, or no, started the first four weeks at least ninety seven percent snaps. Drops to 49% defensively, jumps up to 56% in week six, but after that, didn't play. Inactive, inactive. Had zero defensive snaps the last two weeks before today. Just a roller coaster of a season. Especially for a rookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a roller coaster of a season for anybody, but especially for a rookie out there on the field who we don't know exactly what he's capable of yet. He's proven today that whatever he's been doing, during those weeks where he's been a healthy scratch that he's been putting his head down and getting in the work if he's tying for leading tackles today. Yeah, yep, exactly. So that was, I would say, a little bit of a positive. See those guys all kind of play together. There was one more, and it's not really game-focused. It was what was said after the game by Kyler Murray about how, yeah, he said it straight away. They got beat. No offense of butts about it. They just got beat. Uh, he, at the same time, said he's not discouraged by it. And I think if we're looking at last year, I don't think this is the same kind of quotes we're getting or the same type of really sentiment that we're getting. I think it's it was more of a, I don't want to go as far as to say it, but it was more of a point the fingers type thing. And not necessarily Kyler wasn't the only one doing it. I think that goes the whole way around that organization from last year. But I thought it was refreshing to see him own up to it. Obviously, JG is going to fall on the sword every single week. He did it again. He said it's his and the coach's fault, coaching staff's fault for not getting them all ready. Falls slow, solely on him, and that's what they've got to make up next this next week going into Pittsburgh. But Kyler said he's not discouraged by it. It's a new offense, new scheme, third game back. He thinks he can figure it out. Um, after the fact, in the locker room, he was sitting there talking with Izzy a lot about uh, the quarterback's coach, Israel Wolfork. Sounded like game. I didn't really listen to the conversation, but you could tell they were just interacting, going back and forth about having it looked like a collaborative effort to fix the wrongs right away before looking at the tape. They already knew what they needed to fix, get into Monday, flush it after that, and move on. So for me, that was a refreshing part of it. That's a positive to it. Obviously, it's not the result anybody wanted to see who was a Cardinals fan or is who who was on that Cardinals team, but at least it's not this huge... We're going to get an Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter report tomorrow about how Kyler's displeased with everybody or Cardinals are like, we're not into that point. And that's nice. That's refreshing. For somebody who's covered the team a couple of years, it's nice not to get to that point right now. Because as a fan, that's where we felt like we were during this offseason and during last season was a lot of that who's to blame He said, she said. Exactly. Whose fault, you know, whose shoulders does this loss fall on? And 
from what you've told me and reported while out at Cardinals so far this season, it seems like there's been a turn in Kyler, whether that's him learning from this ACL injury and learning to grow as a player or whether that's Jonathan Gannon or whether that's Israel Wolfark. We, you know, we're yet to see exactly. It's probably a little bit of all of those contributing mm-hmm. to the Cardinals being a little bit more of a sound organization. Yeah. Yeah. Got their, they're, they're checking the right boxes. They're keeping things in house that need to be in house. I mean, even the Keytrail Clark thing, I think, there could have been a chance where somebody could have said something that maybe none of us know. But at the same time, keep it in-house, let it get figured out. I mean, the leaks alone. I think we can all see, by process of elimination, who was leaking what these past couple years. It's it's clear. There is not a lot, there's not a lot of leaks coming out of that Cardinals uh, training facility anymore. And it's that's nice. That's how you keep things in-house and build rebuild a functioning organization. And I think that's a about does it for us what say you lauren i say that's a wrap and with that we're gonna wrap as the cardinals fall 37 to 14 to the rams at home at state farm stadium in week 12 really tough loss but be sure to follow us for all the info moving forward you can follow me at t drake for sports you can follow lauren at colville underscore lauren be sure to follow the show at az cards corner on x and always Tune in to the Arizona Sports app, 98.7, ArizonaSports.com. You can find all of our work there and everybody else who chips in around the station. And I'll leave you guys with one more thing. Be like Jesse Lakeda's rescuers today. Make sure you lend a helping hand. And remember to always enjoy football. We'll catch you next time.